Welcome to Faith Center Foursquare Church's Message of the Week. For more information on the church or ministry, head on over to our website, eurekafaithcenter.org, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Now, we hope you enjoy this message. All right, we're going to dive into Acts 27. So uh, check this out, you guys. We're going to go Acts 27 today, and uh, we're going to break this thing down verse by verse. Can you do that? We're going to do that with Acts 27, and here's the deal. It's a big chapter, so we're going to see how well we do with this, Uh, but I need to ask you a question real fast. Have you ever had a bad couple of weeks? Anyone? Like, just, it's been a, it was a bad couple of weeks. Like, yeah, like it happens in our lives, right? Uh, We have these terrible weeks for whatever reason, and uh, just life can do that to us. we all face storms. We all face difficult times in our lives. I, I wonder what, you know, if you've gone through a couple of weeks before, like, what is your current condition? Like, I'm wondering about that as well. Like, how are you doing? Um, h- how are you living? Like, I, 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 I worry about how people are dealing with life because life is challenging. Kathleen, I have a saying is treat everybody as if they have a need because everybody does. So you're always thinking about the other person and how can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I pray for you? Uh, and we're always dealing with stuff. So like, what's your current condition? Like, how are you doing? Some people just be like, I'm great, man. Like things are sky high and I just got a promotion and all this stuff is happening. But other people could be like, no, I, I'm actually in it right now. Like I'm in it right now. And it is incredibly difficult and incredibly challenging. And here's what I know. We all face storms. It happens in our life. Uh, we all do. And it can be incredibly challenging, and it can be very difficult for all of us. Some of them are physical. They can be tornadoes. They can be floods. Hello, earthquakes. Like, we deal with it, right? We deal with this stuff. Uh, Some of them are personal, though. Sometimes they get personal. They could be uh, a death of a loved one uh, or somebody close. It could be uh, job problems. It could be soured relationships. The truth of the matter is storms are a part of life. And the right, the right question is not, to, uh, is not whether they will come or even when they will come. The right question is, how will you respond? That's the right question. The Apostle Paul faced this life-threatening storm. And that's what we're going to read today. He's on his way to Rome, actually, to see Caesar to stand trial. And for 14 days, you see the two weeks? For 14 days, he's in this raging sea. It's unbelievable, but this overwhelming, even frightening condition was not his conclusion. So if you're dealing with something right now, and you're in the middle of it, and your current condition is not great, I want to tell you it is not your conclusion, that God has more for you, and he promises that, and I'll show you as we read through this. So let's dive in. You guys got your Bibles ready, uh, beginning in verse 1, Acts 27. When it, was de- when it was decided uh, that we would sell for Italy, Paul and some other prisoners were handed over to a centurion named Julius, who belonged to the Imperial Regiment. We boarded a ship from, oh, here's all these words I don't know how to say, uh, Adramidium, right? Adramidium. Uh, about to sail for ports along the coast of the province of Asia. And we put out to sea, oh, look at this, man, Aristocarchus. Is that how you say that? I just like to make names up sometimes. Aristocarchus. That sounds good. He's a Macedonian from Thessalonica, and he was hanging out with us too. 
Uh, verse 3, the next day we landed in Sidon, and Julius, in kindness to Paul, allowed him, allowed Paul, to go to his friends so they might provide for his needs. Check this out, man. Life is, just has these ebbs and flows in it all the time, right? Like, it happens. Uh, we see we go through ups and downs. Right? It's like the roller coaster of life. Um, but through it all, God is always there meeting our needs. Have you ever just stopped and recognized that? Like, if you just kind of pull back for a second and you go, oh, you know what? Like, this is, like, God is still meeting every single need that I have. I'm just having a bad day right now, right? And it's so important for you and I to see it, and we see it right here in Scripture where Paul is going, he's in chains, but this guy's releasing him to have his needs met. That's amazing to me. So we keep reading. Uh, verse 4, uh, from there we put out to sea again and passed the Lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. Uh, when they had sailed across the open sea off the coast of Sicilia and Pamphylia, we landed in Myra and Lycia. There, there, the centurion found an Alexandrian ship setting for Italy. All right, here we go. And put us on board. Check out, check out seven. We made slow headway for many days. You might want to underline that because we're tracking with that. We made slow headway for many days and check this out, and had difficulty arriving. You might want to circle difficulty arriving. Off Snidus. When the wind would not allow us to hold our course, we sailed to the lee of Crete opposite uh, Salmoni. Here's what, here's what I want us to look back at verse 7. Verse 7. We made slow headway. You ever feel like that? It says, for many days, we made slow headway. You ever feel like sometimes you're trying to do something and it is just like something, there's like this force, it's just like pushing against you. Like everything that you're trying to do and you're trying to accomplish, there is something that is pressing against you. And so even though you're trying to step forward and you're trying to move forward, you're just making slow headway and you're having difficulty arriving to that place. And some days, hey, some days are just a grind, right? Like, this is how it is. It's a grind. And it seems like there are a whole bunch of them running consecutively together. And that becomes a problem. And it really begins to, check this out, wear us down. And it's relentlessly beating on us and beating on us. And it begins to sour our attitudes a little bit. And we may start getting irritable much easier all of a sudden. Some of that starts happening. We might respond quickly not in a nice way. You know what I'm talking about? And we end up hurting people, especially those that are close to us. And we just, because of this beating up against us and this strong headway, it's like we have this, begins to wear us down so much that we begin to have this negative outlook on everything. And verse 10, Paul, Paul warns them, is what it says in verse 10. And he says, man, I can see that this voyage is not going to be great. As a matter of fact, it's going to be disastrous and it's going to bring great loss to the ship and the cargo and to our lives also. Like Paul can see it. It's being prophetic. The word of the Lord is speaking through it. And here's what I want you to notice. Paul, there's, here's what happens. When you and I are in it and we're in this grind and we're pushing and we're trying to get through it, God is always going to be there with a voice of hope. 
that he's going to have a solution to the mess that we're in. He's going to have a solution to the current condition. He's going to have a solution to the facing difficult day after difficult day after difficult day. In Isaiah 43, and you could write that down, Isaiah 43, uh, God describes that in any situation that you and I come across, he will make a way. He will make a way. And we don't know what's ahead of us. We have no idea what's even coming. We can't see into the future. We think we got a good grasp on it. And we act like we know, don't we? We act like we know, oh, well, this is going to happen, and I can, you know, and then from there, then this is going to happen, and then that's going to happen. And we try to act like we know that this is what we're doing. But we can't know. Only God can know. He knows. So what you and I have to be is we have to be open, and we have to be ready. It's what, it's what the Bible refers to as walking in the Spirit. I've not always been good at this, um, but over the years, I've gotten better and better of just being able to center myself and hear the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord will help us in directing us in the decisions that we have in life, uh, a career choice, uh, a move that you and your family are going to make. Listen to this, even in a family or a spouse argument. One person. <laughs> you didn't say nothing? <laughs> Kathleen and I sometimes get a little into a little bickering match sometimes. And, uh, and I will begin to pray. I really do this. I don't tell her. I don't like drop to my knees, Lord Jesus, help her. <laughs> like, I don't do that. But just in it, like, you know, because there's pauses and little breaks, and I'll just begin to pray and just begin to ask the Holy Spirit. Because here's what's happening. Kathleen, she's probably dominating and winning the argument, right? <laughs> so I'm just like, Lord, give me one good line. Just give me one. <laughs> just snap her down. I don't do that. <laughs> Maybe I thought about it, but I don't do it. Actually, what I do is I ask to calm it. I just pray for the Holy Spirit to just bring a calmness there. And then to help me, like, what is it that I need to do that will bring this? Because in, I also feel like that's my role as, as a leader of our house. I feel like that. Like, that's the role that I take. And so if there's conflict, I feel like I'm the one that should help bring a solution to this. And I can only do it through the Spirit of God. So he helps us. So how do you and I make it through? How do we make it through the storms that we face? Here's the first one. Guess what? It's the key to life. It's to be Spirit-led. Galatians 5.25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. I think it's incredible. Each of our five senses are nothing short of miraculous. I saw this article. The human nose can detect one millionth of one milligram of garlic floating in the air. <laughs> the hairs blanketing your body magnify the sensation of touch so that you can discern one thousandth of an ounce of pressure on the fringes of a half a hair. It's amazing. But here's, but here's the other thing. Our senses also come with sensory limitations. Did you know that? The eardrum can only hear sound waves that vibrate between 20 and 20,000 hertz. That's it. Anything outside of that range is inaudible but the range exists. You just can't hear. The human eye is similar. It cannot perceive light waves 
that are between a specific range. Anything outside of that range is invisible. You can't see it, but it exists. If you try to put uh, our visual limitation into perspective, I want you to think about this. Think about a deck of cards. Okay, you got a deck of cards. Visual equivalent is like one card, one card out of that deck. That, that deck now gets a little bigger and it stretches halfway across the universe. That's your reality. That's your perception of reality. One slice. And that's all you can see of that deck of cards that stretches. And it's a great realization for us to recognize that, but the same is absolutely true for you and I spiritually. When you think of God and his omniscience, that he is in everything, like it's this, I think of this 360 viewpoint of him just being in everything and all things, and he's in front and behind and before and after, and, and he was, it's just incredible the angles that he has. God sees around everything, everything from every angle. But our perspective, on the other hand, is incredibly limited. So what we need is to understand this. Some things cannot be perceived, they can only be conceived. Some things cannot be deduced, they can only be imagined. See, some things cannot be learned, they can only be revealed and brought to light. And so look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Will you guys read this one out loud with me? You ready? Go. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has what? Revealed to us by his spirit. The Holy Spirit compensates for our sensory limits, enabling us to conceive things that we cannot perceive with our own five senses. It's why it's so important to live out Galatians 5.25. If you live by the Spirit, then let us also walk by the Spirit. To walk by the Spirit. The revelation of the Holy Spirit gives you and I extrasensory perception. And it's so cool. So we keep reading. Acts 27. Uh, in verse 11, the centurion, uh, it, well, he's not being led by the Spirit. <laughs> Here's what he says. In verse 11, he says, But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul has to say, uh, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Okay, so what happens? He blew Paul off, basically, right? He just blew him off. Essentially, blowing off, in essence, what the word of the Lord was coming to him. So instead, well, here's what happens. Check this out. So instead, the centurion goes the logical route. I want you to see that. Do we have any logical thinkers in here today? Do we have any? Well, don't be afraid to raise your hand. You're like, oh, I don't know where he's going with this. I don't know. Maybe I am. It's so common today. This is so common today for all of us. Let's, hey, you know what we should do? Let's listen to the modern day experts. Let's listen to the masters of their field. Let's listen to the masters of their craft. You see, in this, in this case, that's exactly what happens. He listens to the owner of the boat and the captain, the pilot. I mean, they know more than Paul about when and when not to sail. It's only logical. It just makes sense. But boy, do we do this or what? God, see, here's the thing. God's guidance sometimes, not all the time, 
sometimes leads us down a route that doesn't seem very logical. And it happens. And it's like the family that's together that's thinking, how, uh, how are we not going to both work? They just have a child, and, and the, one of them says, I'm going to stay home with a child and just you work. Well, we can't make ends meet. Yeah, but I feel like this is what God is calling us to do. How are we going to make it? I don't know, but they make it because it's what God asked them to do. It's moving from one state to another that you don't know anybody. It's moving from one city to another. I don't understand this, God. This doesn't make any sense. All my family and friends are here. Why would I go there? See, sometimes it doesn't make any sense, but God knows. Verse 12, since a harbor was unsuitable to winter in, uh, the majority decided, uh, let's sail on, okay? Hoping to reach Phoenix so that we could winter there. And the harbor, uh, this was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. So top it off, they took a vote. Not only are they not listening to him, they're like, what what do you guys think? And they're all like, yeah, let's go on, man. This guy's crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, maybe Paul had one or two dudes who's like, I want to go with what God says. But the majority of them doesn't, it says. This is another area that we need to lean on, right? That we need to understand from is this. Like, so many times in life, what we do is we begin to lean on other people rather than God. And so the first thing that we do is we go to them. The first thing that we do whenever a difficulty or something arises in our life, we go, oh, I got to call this. I got to call this. Like, I got a problem. I got to call Mike. I got to call Mike Crafton. He knows all the answers. He's amazing. And we do it. We do it. Instead of the very first thing that we should do is drop to our knees and go to the Lord God Almighty who knows all things, who's in all things, who can go ahead of us. Instead of mediocre Mike. <laughs> a new nickname for you, bro. Verse 13. When a, when a gentle south wind began to blow, uh, they saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster. Hold up. Let's stop right here for a second. Listen here, folks. Kathleen and I lived in the Gulf of Mexico for 20 years. I know about hurricanes, all right, and all this stuff and what all of this means. I want you to understand this. The lowest level is a category one because you got tropical depression, tropical storm, and then it hits into a, ca- into a category one hurricane. Okay, and then it goes all the way to what, four, five? So uh, the lowest it could be, if this is what he's talking about, is a category one, almost 100 mile an hour wind. 95. Like that's what they're dealing with. It says it swept down, swept down from the island there. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. Duh. So check it out. So we gave way to it and we're driven along. So there you have it. We give in. We give up. Can't do it anymore. And we'll just let it drag us along. The the New Century Version says, so we stop trying and we let the wind carry us. How easy is it for you and I to fall into this trap? We give up, we give in, we let it drag us along. It's a strong wind pushing up against us. And we're trying to do something, and we're fighting, and we're fighting, and it just seems like this is struggle, and we're just fighting against it, and we're fighting against it. And eventually, we're just, we're just at so much 
tension and this war constantly that we just don't want the war anymore. So we just quit and just give in and just drift away. And we go away with it. It happens all the time. Like even, even in the, like you're trying to eat healthy and exercise and you're like getting after it and you're getting after it and you're trying like, I'm going to have a healthy, balanced diet. And you get what, like two or three weeks in? Two or three days in? And your idea now of this healthy, balanced diet is a burrito in each hand. Like, mm, mm. Like, been there. And you know what? Then you just give up. I tried it. Can't do it. Gonna take a Twinkie. <laughs> All right, verse 18. We took such a violent battering from the storm uh, that, that, that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. And then on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. In this difficult trying season, we're being worn down. We're tired. It's this constant push. There's this attitude of giving in. And here's what happens. Check this out. We start in throwing important pieces overboard. What's important in your life? What do you value? What matters to you? And we're in this fight, and we're battling, and we're going, and we're going, and we just start giving up because of the battle. And we start throwing things overboard that are incredibly valuable to us. Very meaningful. And we release them and we just kind of drift into it. And we find ourselves in not great spots when that happens. Of just drifting. Discounting the values and then I want you to look at this, verse 20. Verse 20 is so important. When we could not see the sun or stars for many days. How long are you in darkness? When we could not see the sun or stars for many days, and the storm was very bad, so nothing's gotten better. You've been beating, it's been beating against you and beating against you and beating against you. It's not getting better. Now it's dark. Look at this last line. We lost all hope of being saved. That's it. We're done. It's over. This is what it looks like when you're in such a mess that you lose all hope. It's affected you so much that what once was you think will never return, but there can never be restoration. And the constant beating difficulty after difficulty has created this lack of fight. I would say lack of surrender, but it's not like a good surrender. It's not a surrender to the Lord God Almighty. It's just a surrender of life. And you just quit. You surrender the fight. And can I just tell you something? There's a real enemy, and his name is Satan. And he is coming after you, and he is coming after you, and he's going to keep beating on you and beating on you and beating on you in hopes that you will give up and surrender. I don't want to fight anymore. And it harkens back to what we said at the beginning, to be spirit-led, to walk in the spirit. 
I got to jump up to verse 34. Um, in, into this story, uh, it's going terrible for them. And they've lost hope. And these guys are at this place. Where, but Paul receives a message from an angel of the Lord that says, you're going to make it. You guys all have to stay together and you're going to make it. Uh, and he tells them the ship's going to not make it, but you're going to make it. And so uh, actually, I want to read to you verse 33 because I just think it's so important. Uh, just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten any food. You haven't eaten anything. Check this out. What is constant suspense? Stress. Stress. Anxiety. You've been in constant suspense. You've just been anxiety-ridden to the point that you won't even eat. Can anybody track? And that's what's happening to you. And your physical health is being affected by this. And you need to eat. Verse 34. Now I urge you, take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from their head. And I love this because Paul's encouraging the men. He's encouraging to go. It's important to being around others. That, that's the value of what we do here, of being a part of worship together on a Sunday morning. It's the value of getting plugged into a small group, right? We did small group launch last week. Right? If you didn't get plugged in, it's not too late. You still can. There's still an opportunity to get plugged in to a group and get around people with the same values. They're going to hold you up. They're going to lift you up. Getting involved with a serve team. Like these people are going to help you and hold you up through these beating of the waves that are constantly beating up against you and coming up against you. Those are the people that you have to get around that will help you and support you. So how do we make it through? I want you to write this down. We have to get connected. I've got to be spirit-led and I have to get connected. I've got to get connected in community with others that hold my values. Paul says you need food to survive. But you know what it is? He, to these guys, he's talking about literal food, but there's so much more. He's talking about the bread of life. That's what he's talking about. It's the word of God. And I want you to look at this in Hebrews. The author of Hebrews 5 uh, is telling folks how they need to grow up in their walk with Christ. So I put it up on the screen. I think it's in your outline. Uh, 5, beginning in verse 12, it says, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary uh, truths of God's word. Circle that, underline it. Uh, all over again. Look at this. You need milk, not solid food. I want you to see that word food. The connection here is this word, food, is God's word, okay? This is the same word that, that Paul is using in Acts 27. It's the same Greek word, trophe, trophe. So in verse 13, anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But check this out. But solid food, trophe, it's the same word. It's for the mature who by, watch this, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Constant use. It is a steady, regular diet of God's word. Write that down. How do we make it through? How do we make it through? It's a constant diet of God's word. God's words. 
When we do that, we're able to distinguish from good and evil. When we're diving into his word on a regular, constant basis, it changes our lives, man. And so when you are being beaten up against and beaten up against and beaten up against, you can go here. You can go to Isaiah 43. You can go to Psalm. You can go to all these places that will hold you and lift you up. And God's literally wrote a love letter to you to get through this and the challenge. Verse 35, after he'd said this, he took some bread and he gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it again and he began to eat and they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. I love that encouraged spirit. Like we can do that. We can speak life into others who are, who are down and out. We can do that. That's what it means to be a voice of hope. You, you can do it to others. Just look to somebody right next to you and say, you look pretty good today. Just tell them. I told you you could do it. Okay, verse 39. When daylight came, they did not recognize the land. Hold up. Check this out. They've been in the darkness for 14 days. They've been... You are going through it. Whatever it is that you're going through, I want you to recognize this. Whatever it is that you are going through, and it's dark, and it's hard, and it's challenging, what God is showing us through this verse is when you come out of it, it may not look like what was over there. You see that? They didn't recognize the land. No, he took you to a new place. God took you into a new place because God is about new things. I have created all things new. You're not going back to the old thing. He's taking you to a new thing. They didn't recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Cutting loose anchors, they left them in the sea and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made it for the beach. But the ship was struck by a sandbar and ran aground. The bow struck fast and would not move. And the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. And the soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life. And so he kept them from carrying out his plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard to get to land and the rest were to get on planks or other pieces of the ship. In this way, look at this, read this out loud. In this way, everyone reached land safely. Hey folks, God's word is true. His promises are true. He will protect you. He will save you. And watch this, you can escape verse 20. You can escape verse 20. That's his promise. And so you can write that down. God promises to deliver. When life is beating against you, he knows. He knows your pain. He knows what you're going through. He knows your frustration. He knows the stress level that you top out at. He knows when you're going to lose it. He knows. For real, he knows. He knows and he cares. He knows and he cares. And then I love this because the next chapter is just incredible because in verse 28, they're safely on sh shore and I just want you to see 28 verses 7 through 9. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from a fever and dysentery. But Paul went to see him and after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. 
When that had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. Hello? What's happening here, man? When we are God-led, when we are Spirit-led, it enables us to share. It just blows my mind of how this works. Now, here's this sick father with fever and dysentery. You want to talk about living a difficult time. Dysentery, do you know what that is? Infectious organism that lives in the intestines. It creates hydration. Today, we can take an antibiotic and be cool. Guess what he didn't have? That didn't exist. So you know what's going to happen to him? That, cre- that dehydration is going to lead him into a coma that's going to lead him into death. Like it's over. And that's what they know. And being spirit-led, and he lays his hands on him, and he begins to pray for him, and healing happens. And then multiple other people receive healing. Oh, to be spirit-led. Amen. For you and I to be spirit-led, to man, recognize it right there the difficulties that we face. We push through them. We see what happens in Acts 27 and 28. And then the comfort, that we can comfort those that are in need. We go through Acts 27 and bring healing in Acts 28. Do you see that? You go through Acts 27 and you bring healing in Acts 28 through the power of Christ. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And there it is, to be a voice of hope. To be a voice of hope. We can make it through. Let me bring me that. We can make it through. We can make it through the waves, the beating of the waves against us. Constant barrage. No sun. Can't see. In darkness. Can't see. We can make it through. But to be spirit-led, we have to get connected for accountability and for other people around us that hold our values. We have to get connected. And then we have to move forward to what God has for us. And just look to him and dive into his word. Constant use of his word. And he will deliver. The question, remember what I told you about when we started was, how will you respond? How will you respond? I have an egg. Can you see it? Can you see it online? I have an egg. Um, this is this is fun. <laughs> you want to catch this? <laughs> Why not? You should catch it. <laughs> you can throw it back. Sure. <laughs> it's hard-boiled. <laughs> really wanted to scare him a little bit, though. We have the other one. I'm not going to throw this one to you. 
Oh, good. Here's, here's the difference between the hard-boiled egg and the sweet potato. What happens when you and I get dropped into the boiling hot water of life? What's going to happen? How are you going to respond? Are you going to be hard? Is it going to harden you? Are you going to choose to be bitter through it? Smell like this yoke? Or is it going to soften you? Where you become adaptable and you become pliable, able to receive? How are you going to be? Are you like the egg or are you like the potato?